0: COVID vaccinations for
1: No Longer Neutral. Black Lives Matter, whether it's a hash. Can't take it no longer. <laughs> it's minority children that are suffering the most.
2: Begin to have real conversations. With- no, no Longer, longer neutral. neutral.
0: Thank you for tuning in to No Longer Neutral. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe, and rate our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at No Longer Neutral. I am Dr. Ayana.
1: And I am Dr. Sharice Roper. And here's Dr. Haygood. And guess what, y'all? Come on. I can't, I can't, I can't take it no longer. What? This money, this money. I want money in my pocket. Look, the divide between those have nots and haves are mm. certainly getting wider uh, with this COVID. But we want to talk first off in our first topic about what's going on with why everything is so darn expensive right now. Like everything, food, gas, housing. What's up, y'all? Y'all feeling the crunch? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that a part of what I understand is that with COVID, everything shut down. We know that. And then, you know, folks are losing, businesses are losing. And so now that we're trying to come back... yeah. You know, things are behind, and people have to, you know, they got to make it up somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, I know that there are, in every industry, lots of folks who have decided, and this may even be another topic, but have decided that they don't want to necessarily keep working, Mm. or at least not in the capacity that they had been working. So there are lots of shortages Mm -hmm. in terms of getting things to us, and so we are catching it. Mm-hmm. On our end as consumers, right? Yeah. I went to the market the other day, mm. and I think I probably bought maybe one bag and a half of some stuff. <laughs> uh, and I know that I walked out at twenty something. Oh my dollars. gosh! You got to stop eating yeah. beef. Are you kidding me now? Oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not a yeah. beef a foe, but yeah, yeah. you know it's just so expensive.
0: It does it. Um, you know, it kind of makes me think of. You know, when the pandemic started, I started watching, like, The Minimalist on Mm -hmm. Netflix. Mm -hmm. It did change my consciousness. And I'm always thinking consciousness matter. You know, what you think, your thoughts, and how to best maximize whatever money that you do have. So, you know, I mean, we have to go to some of the basics. Cooking at home all the time. Not hitting those drive-thrus. You know, I've actually started planning out my trips, so I won't just drive recklessly, I should say, without, or aimlessly. You know, that was another word that I adopted during the pandemic was, you know, having an aim, a direct aim for everything because it is, it's really impacting, um, adversely impacting, you know, the community with depression and, um, you know, a lot of people just feeling so, so not not all, but a lot of people feeling really desperate as we see all this smash and grab and uh, crime Mm. rate, you know, going up. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: With me, um, I think that uh, one of the things that happened with me as it relates to money and finances is I've been trying to see everything through the lens of a fresh start. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. this really affords us an opportunity to sort of, you know, just wipe the, the slate clean and start over, get some things in order, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your career, or whether it be your health and as we're discussing now with finances i'm trying to utilize it in that way just mm-hmm. actually downshifting in my car mm-hmm. choices mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. downshifting in so many different areas as mm-hmm. it relates to what you just heard dr ad regarding uh, food you know mm-hmm. And, and cooking, I've never cooked so much in my life. You know right. what I mean? I have never cooked a lasagna. I don't know how to cook a lasagna, but I sure learned the other night. Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. meatless dishes. Assy, Back good. to what you said. Meatless Assy, dishes. I know it was bomb. It was
1: bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fire. I did all right. <laughs> I
0: think I did all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, I
1: mean, right, it's, right. it's
0: changing your consciousness about it. You know what I mean? What about buying the, a
2: home nowadays?
1: Ooh. Unaffordable.
2: Especially here in California. California. Especially in California. It's very, very ooh. tough that... Um, I did see that it looks like interest rates are slightly going up just a little bit, um, which means that it could equate to home prices slightly going down. But even with that, I think because the rates are or because housing was is so high yeah. that even with it going down a little bit, it's still unaffordable for so many families. Yeah. Right? Have you
1: seen a rise in... You know, how this is affecting our school kids, you know, our school children. Like, mm-hmm. I know that we are always pressing and pushing and challenging our teachers to stay active and involved in what's going on in the housing, in the houses of our children and in the homes of our kids. But even now, we, it feels like we need to ask even more questions to make sure they're okay in coming to school.
2: Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. As it relates to
1: money. Right. Interesting.
0: Good question. Interesting. When I was at one particular area as a principal, Uh you know, it was uh, the economic um, advantages were different. The conditions were different. So I did see a lot of parents that needed to double up, move back in with their parents. And then those COVID numbers went up higher because so many of them are living in the homes. But now that I'm in a different area... It shows really the have and the have not. So we're, we're virtual. We're still virtual. Sure. And I can see the homes of which these children come in. Wow. You know, it is a great difference. It's disproportionate, you know, with um, advantages. With the students in the area that I work now, they never ask for an, a, a device. They never needed a, a laptop or mm-hmm. electronic they device. They didn't home. even ask, you know. Yeah. And for me to keep pressing, like, please come and pick one up. Please come and get one. It was never no sense of urgency versus in some areas, you know, it really,
2: really um, made children
0: fall behind when they didn't have access to electronic devices.
2: Absolutely. And I think, getting, you know, connecting that again to the homes are kiddos who may be in areas that um, – are a little less affluent. Mm-hmm. We we are finding that you know those homes are a little smaller. You know students are a little bit closer, depending on the numbers of you know students in the family, um, and that presents a problem with it even having um, the ability to talk to the teacher if you if you are virtual without the additional noises right. and things that um, can cause problems for our students with you know staying engaged. Mm-hmm and having, you know, the ability to have conversations with the teacher. Um, I'm hoping that there's something that can be done specifically for our areas, you know, that are most in need so that we can continue to provide students with the best educational, you know, supports and things that uh, that they deserve.
1: And hats off to all those people that did sort of uh, have their mind on supporting those who possibly went through more than you did. Absolutely. COVID. Absolutely. You know, there were so many different uh, outreach programs, you know, homeless um, um, folks were able to be able to go and get food. Some of the, the students that I service at some of the schools that, you know, we work with, you know, their families were able to go and get some support. Mm -hmm. you know, before, Mm -hmm. during this COVID period. So Mm -hmm. hats off to all the opportunities and the people that actually thought about others during this crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one of those kind of people that, you know, I'm constantly looking at TikTok videos and the ones that I watch are the ones that make me feel good. And the ones that make me feel good are those kinds of videos where I see people that are reaching out and, you know, going in surprising, paying for their food in the line Mm -hmm. at Ralph. I love those kinds of inspiring videos because it says to me that never before, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, Have we, and I'm talking about we, not human beings, but we, the people that are here now endured such a crisis. I keep thinking I'm living through a pandemic and I think that most people are not aware that we're actually going to be talked about in history about how we handled this and how we supported each other and helped each other with money.
0: So we should probably journal about it and maybe you know share with one another some of the positive things or some of the behaviors that that we change. That'd be great. To make you know to get that we got through with this, and then it also you know makes me wonder how early should we be talking to students or children about money Mm. and how to save and how to um, become entrepreneurs or you know how to maximize whatever dollar that they do have because guess what some people birth new careers out of this pandemic they bring new lifestyles
1: we just had a conversation dr roper and i before we even started today about finances and i think we're on two different sides of the fence um about generational wealth we were having this conversation about generational wealth and dr roper was sharing her views. go ahead i see you (laughs) smiling
2: (laughs) you know i just um shared the idea that i think we should uh as early as possible Begin to have real conversations with our children about money and how it, you know, how we use that, use it for our lives, right? Um, I talked with Michael about the idea that if possible. We as you know, we have our families as parents that we set aside a little bit instead of waiting until I die. Let's say okay. yeah. to give you know to get our our kid our children that to that next place that we might establish something early. Yeah. So let's just say, for instance, that maybe I'm able to put a, aside a little bit um, while they're young yeah. for their first home. Mm-hmm. So that, and not necessarily, I'm not gonna buy the home, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm helping Some people with people do that. <laughs> the, maybe with the down payment, right. because there's so many factors in purchasing that you don't even realize, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to pay your broker's fee, you have to pay the listing agent fee, all of the things that everybody doesn't necessarily know about, so that we can continue on that trajectory of building wealth within our families and our communities. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we have that going that I think we can really be heard and have a strong footing. Because we all know that it's not built, society is not built for us to be financially uh, savvy. I know that there is, um, Shaq has a podcast where he talks about money and he talks about the difference between being, Rich and wealthy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And he gives a scenario about what happens with the money that you bring in and what you should be doing. So when you get your money, if you can take half Mm -hmm. and put it aside, that's great. And the other for your bills, that's great. But his theory was or his um, premonition was that you take half of the half for yourself mm-hmm. let's just say and then the rest goes into so basically you're only taking a quarter
1: and i'm on the other side of the fence cuz i'm taking okay, it all well, let's see. So i'm taking all <laughs> well, of it I'm i mean you know that, he's the fence, he's working with a the different, tree on the yeah. other side of the fence the yeah. apples on the tree i want it all and and, and i'm i'm being really exaggerate i'm exaggerating right now i'm being really extreme but i do know of the notion of very wealthy people who almost see it as an affront for them to be able to give their children money. Like, they don't think it's a good idea. They Mm -hmm. think that, you know, that is really spoiling the child. It allows them not to be able to earn it themselves. I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I understand and definitely see the cultural perspective of how we as black folks will never, ever, in a capitalistic society, have any sort of notion of power as it relates to our language, as it relates to how we move as a people, unless we get, that sort of generational wealth that you're talking about. So I get it from that notion. But the other part of me says, um, I understand the other notion, which is ensuring that our children do for themselves and build their own foundations and so forth. And that sort of takes us into our next topic. What are you doing for Black History Month? And let's talk about um, uh, how Black History Month may be introducing the first black supreme court justice what do you guys think about that that's
0: huge if the president i'm sure he will keep his promise uh, you know when he was running for office he, did say, he that, did say that that would be his um one of his must-dos and that would be huge huge for um you know just the the community of women you know and of course women of color she wouldn't be the first of color right because i think ruth um Ginsburg. She, she had um, some of color and descent. and Sotomayor as and Sotomayor, well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I do know that. Um, it w- it's just would be huge for, you know, for our girls to see. You know, of course, a, a first vice president, and then for see someone who sits at the highest of the courts of our nation. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely.
2: Phenomenal. And you know, phenomenal. for me, when I was looking through the names of all of the mm-hmm. possibilities, and then there's three top runners. We've got uh, Katanji Brown, uh-huh. Katanji Brown Jackson, Leandra Gruger, and J. Michelle Childs. Not sure where all of them are from, but gotcha. definitely have the names. Um, but then there was a list of others that could have been considered. And when Ayanna made the um, statement about our, our young girls, you know, that it's a good thing for them to see, I was like, I didn't even realize that there were so many black judges. Right, right, right.
0: You know what? uh, what I want to say this, too. Even when we have our local elections, you know, we always focus on the big races, the mayors or, you know, city council or school board. But those judge elections are just as important. And a lot of times there are some sisters that are running, but we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. We don't know that they who they are. So it, this is, I think, for now on moving forward, I think we should also look at those judge appointments and those judge races, just as important as we do for who we're choosing for our city council. For
1: people and shout out to my, t- you know, two of my friends who are um, actual TV judges, uh, Mr. Kevin Ross on America's Court. Went to high school with Mr. Kevin. We were best friends in high school. What's up, Kev? Mm-hmm. And then there's also Tanya Acker. She sits on Hot Bench, which comes on every day. Um, and you know, she's African American sister and she and I have a 30 year friendship, um, that we were friends. We actually went to human relations camps together. And so being friends with judges and, um, knowing the importance of that particular position, we often as educators talk a lot about the importance of the educational world, but how about what we're seeing just let alone in the last few years of what's going on with the court opinions about certain matters. And if you go back, You know, we know about the the court racism, as I call it. The court sort of uh, becoming an institution of racism Mm -hmm. and racist decisions that have happened and unjust systems and systems of inequity, you know, have also happened because of court decisions. And so, you know, I think it's really important if we look at it from a stance of we need to have more of our girls, more of our boys, you know, that are black and brown, that go into this kind of career field because it makes such a difference. When it comes, to you never know what cases they may end up on right. that may be instrumental in moving us forward as a people, as a united, different society of people. Right, and right, I'm right. pushing for the
0: one from California. Yay! <laughs> there is, you know, there is a contestant, you know, from for California. Oh yeah, of, for potential.
1: Oh really? So, yes. Okay. yes, right, yes. right, yes, right. The Cali- for California, California Supreme Court, folks.
2: One of the things that I would uh, also want to c- connect us to is that Black History Month. Yes, we have a month set aside. However, black history should be taught all the time. And you know what? We can do that and start in our homes. We don't have to wait for the school Mm -hmm. to try to do the work. Right. Because we know that we have such a rich history. We know um, even just the smallest things. One of the things that I just did, my grandmother passed away um, September of 2021 Mm -hmm. She was 98 years old. We found a suitcase of pictures mm-hmm. that just really helped to uh, connect us to the legacy and the oh, lineage wow. of my family. Wow. I've, taken are, yes. oh my I've taken those pictures. They are. Yes. I've taken those pictures. I framed them. They are on the wall. And when people come by, they stop and ask questions. Yes one of the questions might be you know so i see who are these people standing in front of that house and where is that house right. well that was the very first house that they purchased so just the idea of knowing that as we ta- you know kind of connected back to what we were sure. talking about with money matters that we as a, a people we have been able to purchase homes mm-hmm. we have been able to have some Absolutely. financial Farm, you know farms, wealth yes, and yes. when we share of, in spite of, of there we go. and when we share that information Mm -hmm. with students, with our own children, with Mm -hmm. people who come by, Mm -hmm. we begin to really understand, I think, at a deeper level that
1: we can. And we can build and what? we've done and generational a wealth, wealth that we Absolutely. Absolutely. talked about earlier. Absolutely, it's, 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 co- it's a conversation, all 360, right. Right. And, and right. have
0: our own museums. Like all of us have our uh, family pictures, whether we know who they all are on the photos or not. But I know so many of my folks they just throw them in the trash. Like I don't know what this is, but it is. It is our ancestors. It is. You know, we need to have our personal museums in our home. Right. Like, we all have an You African, guys know American I watch heritage. a lot of
1: TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Black Ink Crew. You know, I don't know if you guys watch that. It's the show about tattoo artists and so. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched that show, and the latest one actually came out of Compton, which I'm really happy about, and uh, there are some connections to some people that I know for that, so hats off to Black Ink. You guys are doing your thing, but a thing I wanted to talk about was they're now doing, they're taking eight of, I guess, some of the folks that are on those kinds of shows Mm -hmm. from Love and Hip Hop and so on, and they're doing a special where they go and look up their ancestry. Uh and they're using Mm ancestry.com and last night i saw the preview to that Mm -hmm. and so i said that to say that that's one of the things i think i want to do oh yeah Mm -hmm. i did you know i have a very different sort of lineage than most people you know i come from very we all do we all do do. but i come from immediate differences Mm -hmm. with my mother and father one being a scottish Mm -hmm. background and one being african-american and an african background and so I'm really interested in that to find out. And one of the tattoo people where they were looking last night had no idea that she had Nigerian... Oh, yeah. uh, um, so you know, much. Uh, influence in her background and so she was talking about and I just thought that was one of the things it's amazing. I
0: wanted it's amazing because I always think that you know we all need to create our own Bibles you know so that was part of mine was getting my ancestry.com I found out you know just recently from you know taking my pilgrimage to Mississippi I've never been there where my biological father's from and got information about us being part Choctaw Indian
1: mm. and you
0: know and comprising all that in your own book you know making a family legacy book where you have all those documents in one space where you could pass on, because we always want to pass on, right. you know, jewelry or things like that, tangible items, but things that we could never, ever, um, you know – The legacy of sharing your stories and who you are, oftentimes that's the pieces that are missing. So when we talk about black history in the homes, I do have a friend who just shared with me recently that she says, you know, I'm concerned about my grandchildren. They don't know about who we are, who we are, because I didn't teach that to my girls. I assumed it was being taught in the schools, Mm -hmm. and I now know that it's not. So I think it is us to us. Like you just said, it starts from the home, but we should start with black history from our own families,
1: Absolutely, our own,
0: our own knowledge of who we
1: are. Which you could know, look like just simply journaling. Journaling, You talked sure. about journaling before and sharing. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about Dr. Roper. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think pictures. that, you know, mm-hmm. I, pictures mm-hmm. and sharing those that kind of information. One of the things that I'm doing is writing my memoir. Mm-hmm. And I also like when people write stories to their kids, you know. Mm-hmm. This is what I went through during this particular period of my life. And this is what happened to me during this period of life. That doesn't typically come up in automatic conversation. But yet, if something is journaled or written down as a book, you know, then you can actually you know, hand that off. Arthur Ashe, well, one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. books I've ever mm. seen to his son as he was passing. Oh, he was wow. passing away from HIV, and he actually decided, um, I think at the beginning when he actually got his diagnosis, yeah. that he was going to write his life story to his own kid. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I showed when I was teaching in elementary school, years ago I actually had that book in my classroom for students to see, and it developed a conversation about them and their families and their parents, and what they hadn't been told, and what they had been told, and so forth. So I think all that passing down, we've been talking about generational wealth over the last two or three weeks, feels like this is also a topic that can fold right into that. That, to me, that is generational wealth. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. It's capital,
1: but it's not tangible. It's not tangible money, but it's definitely something that is important.
2: You've been watching the Janet Jackson series, and since we're kind of staying in this whole um era of uh, you know looking at black history and generational wealth tell me because i
1: didn't get to see it oh it was awesome tell was me aw- a little bit about what Some. you saw and what I you really heard really liked it you know I, when anything comes up around somebody that you really admire mm. you know you kind of get ready for it you know you might set out your favorite chicken so you can fry <laughs> that before you get, sit down and get your little cocktail before you watch your show but janet um actually was the narrator of the entire show. It's coming in two parts. What I liked about it was that she was sharing some of the most intimate things Mm -hmm. um, that had never been discussed by her. Uh So they were rumored about or discussed by the media. But she never, if you know Janet really well, she doesn't normally like to share a lot about her private life. And so the rumored baby that she was Mm -hmm. supposed to have came, you know, I won't share because I don't want to. Spoil the episode. I'm letting you all watch it for yourselves, but I just like the opportunity to be able to see one of the people that, during my life, when I was actually coming into music and liking music, she was someone that I really valued, and most of my friends love her to death. You Mm -hmm. know, she's before Beyonce, and you know, right around the time of Whitney, and so she's one of those heroes that I like to admire.
0: I like when she really reinvented herself when she came out from being what I took as being under the shadows of her siblings. And, you know, at that time she was kind of like on the chunky side where she felt like she was chunky. And she really, you know, worked out. She reinvented herself. Got with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And, you know, I really thought at that time, you know, and I was dancing and cheerleading and, you know, I wanted to be a Laker girl at that time. So she was inspiring me to really get into dancing, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the singing part. But, you know, um, she really reinvented herself in those words, control. I'm taking control of my life.
1: That was right at that. the
0: pivot of my time of transitioning from, like, high school to college. So that was my theme song for that time of what I knew of <laughs> as Control living in the house with my mama, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> I was still right. at home, <laughs> but in my
0: mind for Control was, you know, what, what Janet Jackson was telling me to do. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think uh, I thank she, her for being, you know, one of my she rolls around my age group, right. you know. She was yeah. different
1: for me. I mean, when I saw the episode, I was... Um, I felt a little different about what I thought was uh, true about the dad. Mm. I will say that. Mm -hmm. I assumed um, because of all the rumors that, and maybe it is still true, so I just know that when I watched last night, I saw a different Joe Jackson. It didn't feel like the same Joe Jackson running around with a hammer and a bat Mm -hmm. ready to beat up his own Mm -hmm. kids. It just didn't feel like that last night when I was showing the videos. Even Janet Jackson's own words about her own dad seemed a little bit softer than what I was going to be sort of assuming she was going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. So I was really delighted to know that as far as one of the kids, I can't speak for all the kids, but Mm -hmm. she herself was talking about just what corporal punishment meant to her in her Mm -hmm. own home Mm -hmm. and how she took it and how she received it and that she took it as a loving example for her her father to keep 12 children or eight children or nine children in line in a two-bedroom house in Gary, Indiana.
0: If you ask me... It's a whole. Mm-hmm. My pe- grandmother. It a, the corporal punishment. You know, how many yeah. of us was, you know, hit with I a got popped, switch or, popped. you know, a stenching cord oh, yeah, or whatever. Popped. You know, like, right, yeah. I right, mean, you're right. talking about child abuse, right. you know, as as far as what it is today. You know, maybe it was already that then, right. but I mean, you mm-hmm. know, what was socially accepted uh, then is not so much as of today. Absolutely. So, exactly. I remember
1: right. someone asking mm-hmm. me if I ever got spanked, and I. You know, when this sort of transition happened from, you know, what we were typically used to in our homes as child-rearing consequences Mm -hmm. started to change and the whole situation regarding parents putting hands on children started to change. I remember people asking me about that and me saying that I really believed in retrospect that me being what we called getting a whooping actually saved my life, you know, Uh, in the neighborhoods that I grew up. You I needed that kind of firmness and yeah. I needed to know that my mother was not going to it was either gonna be the gang or I was gonna die.
0: You know, it's or I was, you know, one of the yeah, other. Because, right. and yeah. She, and, and, yeah, and me getting that yeah. kind
1: of harsh punishment yeah. as far as a whooping meant that my mother in those days, I felt that I received it as loved me enough to protect me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And she wanted me to know how mm-hmm. important it was. Mm-hmm. Right. That right. and how, you know, and even if it hurt. You know, it, it, she needed for it to be something severe right, to keep me out of trouble. And right. that's
0: why I like the words, as a mandated reporter, do you feel like it's reasonably yeah, suspicious is a big word. Of, of child abuse. Huge you know word. what I mean? Right. That's right. the huge part of huge it. That's word. the huge yes, piece of it. Yes. yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And people will say, you know, that, well, we turned out great and all of that. I think um, just what you mentioned, Michael, at that time, that was what they knew. Yeah. It wasn't that they didn't love their children. You know, in fact, it was just the opposite. Because they love their children, they felt that this was the thing that was going to help them Absolutely. in the communities mm-hmm. and, and help them to face all the things that they would f- be facing at mm-hmm. that time. Sometimes we forget that in this time, in 2022, there are a lot of things that we have not been subjected to. Right. That are you yeah. know those who grew up at that time had Absolutely. to had to really yes. you know go through.
1: Well, you know better, you do better. Yeah. Absolutely, and not even Absolutely. exposed
0: to like you know not only were they subjected, they were exposed, and then also like we're talking about um, things being passed down. You know what I mean? It was things that were passed down through storytelling about our, our ancestors. You know, getting a certain type of treatment, yes. and brutality in the streets. You know what I mean. Yeah. So those stories stop sometimes with the, with us. We don't like to share those stories, right? With, the, with our generation of students, you know. Yeah, and, and then we don't
1: always have mm. everything in our toolbox, you know, either. Mm-hmm. To act, you know, mm-hmm. our parents didn't have a whole lot of what we know now. Our good positive strategies mm-hmm. for right. behavioral control mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. making sure that students and their own children don't sort of get too far out of line. We have different methods now. And so, like I said before, once you know better, you do mm-hmm. better. Can't mm-hmm. teach what you didn't learn. Can't teach what you didn't learn. Well said. Well, that's going to wrap it up.
2: Don't forget to follow, subscribe, subscribe, Rate wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you follow us on Instagram at no longer neutral.
1: I can't take it no longer. (laughs) We out y'all. Talk to you later. No No longer longer neutral. neutral.